And now we'll kind of change gears a bit here. Again, that number to call in, 215-622-7239. But right now we're going to bring on Wade Brogdon, who is out in San Francisco. And uh, Wade has a lot of thoughts on college football, and we'll get into the college football playoff right now. Wade, how are you? Welcome to the show. Bob, it's good to hear your voice. I'm actually uh, in Lake Tahoe right now. Lake uh, Tahoe. Yeah. Very good. But, uh, Very good. What how's you, everything going there? Things are well. Things are well here in the city of brotherly love. Uh, probably not as peaceful as out there on the lake, but still excited to get into it with you about some college football. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we got uh, we got we got our two squads playing each other on the second. Yes, absolutely. We can start there if you'd like. It's a it's a big game in the Tax Slayer Bowl. The former Gator Bowl is Penn State will take on Georgia, the Bulldogs. In, yeah, in uh, Jacksonville. In Jacksonville. I love it. That's exactly right. Now, I assume you aren't making the trip down for it. Definitely not. Uh, that would be over and down. Um, <laughs> I would have loved to, but uh, already back on the East Coast. I, I'm back on the West Coast. I was on the East Coast for a little bit and gotcha. uh, made my way back right after Christmas. But um, but I'm looking forward to watching it, man. It should be, it should be interesting because with this whole Mark Rick situation, um, really have no idea how Georgia is going to show up. Um, you know, he's already pretty much, he, he's, he's gone. Right. Uh, Miami bound. Um, and Kirby smart now the interim now Kirby. Yeah. Which, which also We're not interim. You know, I mean, just the full-time guy, but, uh, exactly. he won't, he, he won't be, I guess, as there. involved necessary. Yeah. Or there at all period. That's exactly yeah. right. Coaching yeah. Alabama. And you got a running backs. You got a running, uh, you know, my buddy, uh, Michael May here, who he's a high school football coach. I think I've told you about him. But yes. he was just telling me that uh, I think the running backs coach isn't even going to be coaching at Georgia next year either. So he's kind of checked out, but he's staying through the end of the season. So, okay. you know, it could end up being where Penn State just kind of walks over him because you got an unprepared squad uh, just because of coaching reasons. Right. Um, but, you know, what do you think on the game? What are your thoughts? Well, you know, I, I think it's something where this Penn State team and there have been injuries for Georgia, but they're going to still need to be able to stop the run, no matter who that is coming out of the backfield. And uh, I think that that offensive line and running back, whatever's left for Georgia against the defensive four for Penn State will be the key matchup. And I believe you have two very solid units in that regard. And I think if Penn State is able to stop that run, and I think that goes a long way. But I would certainly favor Georgia. Vegas seems to agree that you have them as a six-and-a-half-point yeah. favorite. And yeah. I think if I were a betting man, I would probably go – that's a Penn State line to me, but I believe I would still go with the Bulldogs to win the game outright. Yeah, yeah, outright I, I think is correct. I, I wouldn't go as far as saying, you know, two touchdowns or anything. But I think, I think Georgia still has the ability to, to pull it out just with their talent. I watched Penn State a couple times this year, and at, at points they look pretty good. Um, but it, it's just you, you never know. You know, if, if I was playing football and I lost my head coach, um, you know, and, and all this stuff you had to go through, I might not show up the same way I would have uh, with stability. Um, so that might be the factor that, that would doom the, the Bulldogs. But we'll see. I, I think it's a good call to, to say outright uh, UGA takes this one. Um, but you know, they're used to playing in Jacksonville too. Uh, that's going to be pretty close to a home game for Georgia. I'm, I'm sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, what else we got on the docket? We got the college football playoff coming out. We do. And, and before we get there though, Wade, I think we've at yeah. least chatted via text 
about putting some sort of fun wager on this game. Oh, baby. Yes. Okay. So I'm thinking. Let's hear it. All right. I'm thinking that. Here, we'll make it simple. Whoever, whoever <laughs> loses has to, on the next show, has to sing the other team's fight song. The I winner's can, fight song. I can get on board with that. I was thinking along okay. the same lines. I like it. All right. And, I'll, and maybe a Facebook status. You can put a disclaimer on it that sure. you lost a bet, but maybe a Facebook status with it. How's that? All right. Sounds good. Okay. That's a okay. deal. Absolutely. You deal. know, here's the thing, right? I, I can't lose there. Certainly, I would love to see my Penn State team win. But even if they lose, all that means is that I get to sing maybe the greatest glory, glory. fight song in all college <laughs> sports. I tell you, I yeah. love that fight song, Wade. It is a good one. I'd have to learn Penn State's. No, no offense. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't taken. know it. But, um, but F- yeah, it's, Georgia's State. got a good fight song. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes. Yeah, on yeah, to, that, on- that sounds good. On to greener pastures, uh, and hopefully that Georgia and Penn State respectively can get to these pastures eventually. But we'll start with the first game uh, tomorrow, which is Clemson, number one, against Oklahoma, number four. Baker Mayfield leading the Oklahoma Sooners and Smaj P. Ryan out of the backfield. Uh, for Clemson, there are some big injuries. Or I'm sorry, I shouldn't even say injuries. Simply departures. Uh, yeah. Players that Three, failed. Uh, yes. Kane, he's out. Yes, that's right. Wide receiver. Yeah. Um, th- what, yeah, Clemson has a few missing players, but I, I think right now uh, I just looked at the, the spread. It has Oklahoma favored by three and a half, uh, the, the one I looked at. Um, I, I First off, I think Clemson's going to cover it. I think they're going to win. Clemson has this game. Deshaun Watson is, is too good. Wow. Um, he reminds me of Cam Newton. Um maybe even classier. I'm not sure yet. I don't know. You know, I don't know much about his personal life or how he handles himself off the field yet, but the way he plays his tools, his weapons, you know, it's, it's similar to that. I think Clemson takes it. These departures could affect it, especially with that, that key wide receiver. Um, But still he has so many tools uh, to work with. Clemson always is stacked with a few awesome wide receivers um, so I think they take it. It should be a really good game. I think it's going to be a better game than the next one we're going to talk about. What do you think, Bob? Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I think I see the next one being a very good one, but I get the sense that you might not be feeling the big 10. That's just a guess. <laughs> um, but I actually like Oklahoma semi big here, a double digit win. I like Oklahoma in this one. I think they're going to put up about 40 to 45 points and I believe that Clemson, especially with some of the departures that they won't have on the field, they will struggle. They can't match it. Yeah. You know, I, it's very unfortunate, and you don't want to look at it this way, but I also wonder if the Baylor-North Carolina game that we saw last night is any bit of a precursor, at least in terms of the strength of the conferences. Baylor mm-hmm. being undermanned, uh, and not that there isn't a lot to play for because there is, but that's a team that had expectations and hopes to be in this Final Four this year. Maybe should have been, you could argue, last year, but weren't left out. And uh, not as much to play for necessarily for them, and yet they still cleaned up and scored pretty much at will. Uh, the one running or the one, uh, one player had 300 rushing yards in that game. Ooh. Now, North yep. Carolina is a team that took this Clemson team to the brink. So 
I'm still they a bit gun shy about that. I'm also gun shy yeah. about their best win of the year being at home in a monsoon, and they still was they still were lucky that time ran out and that Notre Dame wasn't able to continue their onslaught in the second half of that game. I just don't see it quite like you do. I don't think out of this Clemson team, I see them very similarly to what I thought of Florida State last year, which was a team that didn't deserve to be in the playoff. I think mm-hmm. this Clemson team does. But that Florida State team, I did not think they were. And this Clemson team reminds me more of Florida State than, say, they did uh, Ohio State last year. Yeah, not not a bad point. I think, uh, like I said, I think it I think it's going to be a close game. Um, realistically, it could go either way. I give the edge to Clemson simply because of Deshaun. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Oklahoma is stacked. I honestly, I would not bet on this game because I have no idea how it's going <laughs> to go. I think it it's going to be fantastic. Way. Yeah. Now, the next game we're going to talk about, Michigan State-Alabama, I think it's going to just be a hogwash, Alabama. I think two touchdowns at least, um, victory, even with Kirby kind of checked out halfway. Um, bunch of coaching changes, people leave in Alabama, people stay in, all the drama. Bama is so strong, and Derrick Henry is so big. I don't think that Michigan State front can handle it. Um, you watched... Uh, you, you pretty much, you pretty much watch what Alabama did to Georgia. Um, Michigan state runs a very similar offense to Georgia. They just cakewalked them. Uh, I would debate that Georgia had better skill players, uh, at, at least in the running back position. Um, and they still couldn't do anything. Um, at what so point does I, I defense think, come into play though? So for, for Alabama on Alabama side, no, I mean, in terms of, right. I, I hear what you're saying that, yeah. Michigan State is going to struggle offensively, and I completely agree. I think they're probably going to score in, in the mid-teens, give or take, maybe up to 20 mm-hmm. if they if certain things go their way. But in terms of comparing I this Michigan State team to, to Georgia, I mean. Yeah, I, I think you look at LS, the Alabama-LSU game okay. where Derrick Henry just made a mockery of LSU, which is probably stacked with seven or eight NFL-bound players. Minus, minus the fumbles. But be, yeah. certainly beyond that, had an unbelievable game, yes. Correct. Yeah, his yardage was, was disgusting. But close to 200, it was up there. Yes. Uh, yep. if, if, it, if it didn't surpass 200. Um, incredible game. I know the line did a pretty good job, but he still – I remember watching him on countless plays. He would get hit up the line of scrimmage and then get eight yards. Um, I think, being honest, with having him have four weeks where he's doing nothing but working out, eating – taking care of his body, getting completely healthy and bang, banged up free. It's going to be really hard for any defense, you know, even NFL defense to slow him down unless they can really screw up the passing game um, and just commit, you know, eight or nine to the box. Um, so I, I think Derrick Henry brings home Alabama in this game. I don't think it's going to be very high scoring. Um, I think it might even be in the twenties, uh, maybe low thirties. I think, like you said, Clemson, Oklahoma has a very good chance of being could touch the fifties. One of the squads, um, you know, that Oklahoma offense, like you said, you, you got them scoring like 45 or something. Um, I, I think that's a real possibility with Alabama, Michigan state. I think it's going to be just a slug fest. Um, and I'm looking forward to watching it. Wait, this is Kevin. Weren't so, we, weren't we all talking about this Alabama team the same way last year? weren't they, they weren't weren't they going to kill Oklahoma, or Ohio State in that game? And I mean, did we learn anything? Or like, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I think 
Alabama wins the game. But is there anything that we should learn from last year? I think it's two different teams. I mean, realistically, didn't last year we had Blake Sims? <laughs> yes. Clown? I like the okay. Wii, by the way. Yeah, what's that? I like the Wii out of you. I thought you were a Georgia Auburn guy. Well, uh, we SEC. SEC, yes, SEC. That's right. I, I don't live in the South anymore. I don't live on the East Coast. I gotta be SEC, <laughs> or else you know I never get to talk to anybody. Um, <laughs> I hear you. So, man. SEC, I'm going we. Um, okay. And yeah. I got plenty of friends that play Alabama right now. Dylan Lee uh, played with my my buddy Mike, who's who's here in Tahoe with me um, at Buford in, in Georgia, and a few other folks. But I, you know, I think it's just a different team quarterback. I think is better than Blake Sims, especially under pressure. Um, he can open it up at least a little bit to let Derrick Henry operate. Um, you're right, though. You know they did choke. <laughs> it, they they did they did not have a great game last year. Um, I I don't think they repeat it. That's that's all I I can say about that. Good and observation, I, though, Kevin. Thanks for calling me on that. <laughs> it, I'll tell you what I believe, and I get I certainly understand Kevin's point. I, I think. Not only is the Alabama team better, I don't think the Michigan State team is as good as Ohio State was last year. No. Perhaps no. even this year, when they got their heads screwed on straight. The problem was that didn't ever happen this year. I mean, the Northern Illinois game and the, the Indiana game just make you shake your head with this Ohio State <laughs> team. But the talent that they had, you felt like they should have played better than they did. And it's, it's very unfortunate if you're an Ohio State Buckeyes fan. For everyone else, including Nick Saban, I think that's a, a welcome a welcome reprieve, if you will. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would agree. I don't think Nick wanted to face Ohio State again this year. Uh, I wouldn't have if I were him. But um, What is interesting, he, though, Wade, and I don't want to take all credit away from the Spartans because the reason that Ohio State isn't here right now is because uh, of Michigan State. That's the reason that Ohio State isn't yeah. here. And, and the reason that Ezekiel Elliott didn't have a good game is because of the front four of Michigan State. They were able to to shut him down, and there was lots of talk about whether an initial lack of success led to an abandonment of the running game and the commitment to that from Urban Meyer and the Ohio State coaching staff. So maybe to Kevin's point about learning lessons about last year's game, maybe you can learn a lesson from the downfall of Ohio State, and that's that even if this run defense of Michigan State, which is arguably the best that Alabama will see so far this year, if there's an initial drop-off or an initial lack of success, the commitment to that running game to maintain that, because I don't think you want to see Coker, even though he's better than Sims, I no, agree. I, don't want, I do not he, want to you're see not Coker throwing, throwing the ball. 40, you, know, you don't want him throwing it 40 times. He will not win the game. He will not lose the game. How's that? Yeah. Um, I wonder he, though, Wade, if yeah. if they they don't if they stick with that run game, the way to beat this Michigan State team is in the secondary. You know, in the years past, you're looking at guys like Darquez Denard that used to play there and and shut down corners and really good safeties. This team is more built on the front four, and I wonder that if you stick to that run game, force them to put eight in the box. If, play a game in the teens, and then, boom, one play, play action, go up top to Calvin Ridley. Uh, at that point, you need to put you need Coker to put it on the money, and, and I believe that can be a difference maker in this game, one or two big plays after you roll this team to sleep. I think you're spot on with that, Bob. I think, you know, in a lot of, in a lot of games, you need a balance to just keep each 
side of the game open. So you need to, you need to balance the run with the pass to keep each, each other open. I think in this game, you pound run, you completely rely on run. Even if it doesn't work for the first few possessions, you try and pound those guys in. Derrick Henry is not going to get tired and he's not going to get banged up. He's bigger. He's probably the same size as their linebackers, if not bigger. Um, yep. I think you try and get them tired. I think you try and get their, their safeties a little lazy or a little bit guessing. And then you're exactly right. Play action opens up. Then it's, it's a vicious cycle. They back off a little, you go back to the run and it's, it's open. I just think Derrick Henry is so good and he's so hot. Um, it's almost like watching Leonard Fournette at the beginning of the season, what Derrick Henry is doing right now when nobody could talk anything else, you know, ESPN all over the place was Leonard Fournette. He's a beast. He's unreal. He's on. I think that is exactly the, the numbers that Derrick Henry is putting up right now are the exact same as Leonard Fournette was. And they're in bigger games and more meaningful games now. Um, he's also getting so, what, 40 carries a game so sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he's a getting, workhorse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, that month off is definitely going to help him recover from all those carries. But um, you guys been mentioning if they stick with that run uh, and they're not having success, it, they might really force them to pass a lot. Um, so we'll see how he does in the beginning of the game in the first two quarters. Yeah. They, they'd be screwed if they get to halftime and the run's not working still there. I think, Michigan state has a very real chance of completely going against what I, you know, what's, what's in my mind, the score mm-hmm. that's in my mind. And I'll tell um, you what guys, that that is the crux of my point actually, is if what you're saying is true and the running game maybe isn't working at the end of the first half, I believe the most important thing is to continue running the ball because you have mm-hmm. a guy that's 265 pounds is bigger than the <laughs> linebackers. Like you're saying, Wade, and even though you stop him on the first 15 carries of the game, the next 15 carries, there's wear and tear on that defense from the first 15 carries, even if it didn't result in big games and being oh, big yeah. gains from scrimmage. So that's my main point is that rely on the defense, understand that more and more hits can wear down this defense, be a fourth-quarter team. That's exactly what Michigan State did to Iowa in, in mm-hmm. their 22-play, nine-plus-minute drive to win the Big Ten Championship. They stuck with the run, kind of cooked through the ball at times and when necessary to try to break things up. But you saw that very good, very physical Iowa defense get beaten down by the multifaceted running attack of Michigan State. And I think Alabama, if they want to win the game, can turn around and do the exact same thing to the Spartans. Absolutely. Well, it's going to be a good game, nonetheless. I'm definitely going to be watching it out here. I'm sure. Uh, I'm 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 on the Nevada line, so I might even go to a casino and put down ten Hey-o. bucks on one of them. I like it. Um. So uh. So yeah. Uh, we'll we'll I'll let you know how it goes. I like it. Very good. <laughs> um, so, so what else, Wade? I mean, what else is on your mind from bowl season? Anything you've seen so far? Or looking forward to, uh, in well, general, or or moving forward then, from our predictions to the national championship. So national championship, I'm I'm also gonna stick with uh, the tide um, again on Derrick Henry. I just think he's just too good to overcome. Um, okay. Over Clemson. Yeah, over Clemson. Um, I, I I'm a huge fan of Alabama now that they're rolling. Um, no pun intended. Or is no that pun it? intended. <laughs> or intended, I guess. Um, but yeah, I I think they'll get uh, I, I think they'll get it done in the national championship this okay. year. Okay. How about you, um, Kevin? Well, I'm picking Oklahoma and, and Alabama, and I'm actually going to go with Oklahoma. Wow. Championship. Boomer sooner. Okay. Baker How about Mayfield. It? Okay. Great. Name. I really think 
I, I really think that there's, I mean, honestly, all the people that I've talked to, pretty much everybody I've talked to does not think Clemson's going to win it. Okay. But all the other three teams I've heard and good arguments for. So I, I think it's kind of open. Um, I wouldn't call you crazy if you said Oklahoma's going to win it all. No, hey. No, I, I yeah. just did, so hopefully you're not. <laughs> if you said Clemson's going to win it all, I'd be like, ah, probably not. Like, <laughs> They're probably not going to have a good enough game two, twice in a row to beat Oklahoma and then beat Alabama. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, I, I can't argue with that. I go Bama um, as well. I believe that they'll beat Oklahoma. I think that one will be close. I think that will be the closest game of the college football playoff, which is, mm-hmm. I believe, what they are looking for, right? I mean, if nothing else, to have a great national championship game to showcase your sport at the highest level is something mm-hmm. you want. And I think you're going to see a double-digit victory for Oklahoma in the first game. Alabama, I'll say a seven-point win, 7-10, seven to 10, and then I think a flip of the coin, you know, four points here or there either way. I think that Absolutely. Alabama, once again, if they stick with the run, they're going to – push through that defense maybe a bit of a higher scoring game because Oklahoma clearly does not have the defense that Michigan State does that being said the offense can spread it out a lot more than give Cook a lot of credit but they just spread the ball out and have a better offense than Michigan State but I see it being Mm -hmm. a very very good game great I'm excited to watch them yes sir what else you guys got for me before I uh go get in the hot tub to soak my legs from skiing all day (laughs) Well, we can let you do that now if you want. How are the slopes out there? The slopes are actually fantastic this year here. Last year, there was mud everywhere. There was only, oh gosh, barely 60 or 70 inches of snow total. This year so far, they've had like 180 inches. Wow. Um, Everything's completely packed powder, and it's it's really a lot of fun. Just 60 um, inches, huh? Man, that's tough. It's almost like it's snowing at all. Yeah, I know. Over the course of like uh, three months, it was at, you know, 60 okay. inches. So it, gotcha. it all melted. Wow. <laughs> it was all fake snow. Yeah. But now it's not. So it's it's really good. Good for um, you. Well, hey, we'll let you get yeah. to it. We don't want to hold you, but we're glad that you could spend some time. Always great to talk some college football. And yeah, I know both great. of us will have our eyes peeled on that Penn State-Georgia game on the second. Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm going to have to learn that Penn State fight song if uh, if they somehow pull it out. But uh, uh, yeah. but. Otherwise, we'll talk. We'll talk that day at least, <laughs> and <laughs> we'll let each other know. All right, sure. All Thanks, right, buddy. How you doing? Nice to talk to you, Kevin. See you guys. Take care. That's Wade Brogdon, our correspondent, uh, really out of the West Coast. Kevin, of course, from Colorado. Wade, all the way out there in San Francisco and out in Lake Tahoe, as he said, a nice, a nice place to visit, a nice place to be. So, Kev, I mean, sort of takeaways, thoughts from our discussion about the college football playoff. I don't think I've ever heard anybody compare Watson to, to Cam Newton, so that's a new one for yes. me. Yes, and uh, when he said only classier, is he talking about Cam in college or Cam here in the NFL? Yeah, Cam, Cam's troubles in college and all that. Okay, I thought he was actually saying that, because Cam has become very much an ambassador for the sport in a very yep. good way, but and it's a, it's a lot to say. So I wasn't sure where exactly he was coming from, the cynic in you, Kevin McClernand, uh, saw it the one way. Yeah, I think he was comparing him to the, the troubled uh, – College student from Florida, that that Cam Newton. Ah, uh, yes, yes, stealing laptops and such. Yes, and then writing his name on it, of course. Right. But uh, yeah, Good to I know. Mean, Just want to know what's yours. <laughs> yes, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised with the Alabama pick. Very, very popular pick. The way they've been playing, and of course, the SEC champion uh, will always be uh, a big choice. 
That's exactly right. And now we have Dalton. He's out of St. Louis right now. Dalton's a big Notre Dame Fighting Irish fan, but I know he's got thoughts on the playoff as a whole. Dalton, welcome to the show. How are you? I am wonderful, Bob. Uh, how are you? We're doing great. It's uh, Bob Long, Kevin McLernan here in studio, and we want to get your thoughts, man. What's on your football love in mind this evening? Um, well, first off, um, as is per usual, um, it's uh, 8.57 Eastern Standard Time, and the University of Michigan still sucks. Attaboy. Um, Good to know. Yeah. Because so, I wasn't sure. I yeah, thought you know, maybe like with the turning of the new year that might change, but thanks for setting us straight. Never, Bob. It's always a New Year's <laughs> resolution of mine to be resolute in my hatred. So, <laughs> wonderful. Um, any, anyway, uh, yeah, no, I'm. I I'll be honest. The playoffs kind of snuck up on me. Somebody was like, I mean, I live in Michigan, and so somebody, one of the state fans, goes, "Does anybody know if there's a football game tomorrow?" And they were being facetious, and I was like, "Holy crap! These these things are already here." Yes. Um, you know, I I have. A thousand thoughts. I haven't been listening. Sorry. I don't know what games you guys have already talked about. No problem. No problem. uh, Just a bit, a bit with Wade and, uh, and talking about the, the two semifinal games and then a big one for us, as you can probably imagine, Penn state against Georgia. So I was going to say, you guys got like a bad haircut bet on that or something really important. You know, it's along those lines, but thankfully my uh, my hair won't be affected even in a loss. We have to uh, the loser will have to sing the opposing team's fight song live on the air. Oh well, that's embarrassing, but not quite as embarrassing as having to go to work for the next three weeks with that haircut. That's so about right. I support it. Yes, Wade. Um, I, Wade, I think's got that that close cut, like the buzz cut on this. So I couldn't really. Oh was, yeah, you're right. Although I really should have shaved the Nittany Lion logo. Had someone do that, put that in the back of his head. That would have been good. Next oh, year. Oh, man. Next year. I, he got off okay. easy, Dalton. Bob, if Penn State, I'm, I'm saying this in front of however many people, if Penn State wins a natty next year, I will get a Nittany Lion shaved in the back of my head. I appreciate that. Hopefully Chris Nackenberry is coming back then. <laughs> Otherwise, they're in trouble. But you're getting a leprechaun in the back of your head if Notre Dame wins one, right? Wow. So I think what you did there, Dalton, that's very intelligent of you. <laughs> You put something out there that you know has no chance of happening because you only wanted me to agree to a realistic bet that could embarrass me. That's very smart. Yep. Okay. <laughs> anyway, right. we'll, we'll get – yeah, that's exactly what I did. It reminds me of that Seinfeld episode. I don't know if you remember it where the other comedian buys him the suit, and then he's like, okay, like I'll give you the suit for free, but you gotta you got to take me to dinner. And he's like, no, 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 keep the suit. I have no interest in going to dinner with you. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to guilt you into doing something you don't want to do. Well done. Well um, done, my friend. But anyway, uh, takes on the Notre Dame-Ohio State game. Um, I will preface it with saying it's very scary having to play the most talented uh, college football team in the country, especially because it's not for anything tangible except for Fiesta Bowl win, which – Notre Dame is, I don't think, ever been able to do, which should mean a lot, but, um, you know, it's not for any cool crystal footballs or any four-foot-tall golden kind of football-looking thing. Um, <laughs> Interesting way to describe it. I, I mean, that, like, the CFP trophy is, doesn't look like anything. It's just like a big stick. <laughs> the football on the top of the stick, like – slightly resembles football. It doesn't even really look like a football. Right. But it has a few too few laces. 
Not enough. Oh, I never looked at the laces. That's a good call. Yeah. Um, laces well, maybe out, man. People with really big laces fingers, out, man. Always. Laces out, Dan. Laces out, Dan. <laughs> um, you know, so I've been doing a little research on the Ohio State uh, schedule, and I'm almost confident that Notre Dame will, like, by far be the best offense they've played. That or Northern Illinois. Which makes me – well, so it's either us or Indiana. <laughs> It, it has to be us or Indiana. I know, and Indiana by the way, has a backup quarterback playing in that game for Indiana and still scoring 27 well, points. I mean, we're on our third string quarterback, so, you know. I mean, it sounds True. like they got off easy. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> make, I'm making excuses for myself already, Bob. But, um, yeah, I was reading an article, and there were some kind of – there was some statistical analysis. I forget the exact numbers, but essentially – the best quarterback they've faced so far is, depending on how you want to say it, is either one half of Jake Rudock or, and I forget his name, whoever the quarterback is for um, Western Michigan is the best quarterback oh, yes. statistically yes. that they've faced all year. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Deshaun Kaiser is slightly better than both of those two human beings. Slightly. So very, that, very slightly. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I like, <laughs> I mean, no, I know he's better than Jake Rudock and I've never watched Western Michigan play. So I don't feel confident in saying, you know, yay or nay definitively, but <laughs> let me ask you um, this. I'm going to take you back to your yeah. third string comment. I'm assuming that you're keeping Golson as that number one or, or is there someone I'm missing? Well, the, the quest for the 2015 national championship began in the spring of 2015. Yeah, so I was including Everett. <laughs> okay. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> I mean, feel free to argue with me, and you'd have a very logical argument to just say he was the backup. But, you know. But, and, I mean, if we really wanted to get into it, I mean, Everett's a backup at Florida State. So, really, like, maybe we didn't even have a starting caliber quarterback. So, maybe he's like a, you know, pseudo fourth stringer. Maybe. See, what I was actually going to go back to and say is that the quest for the 2015 national championship starting in spring of 2015, I think you guys started a little late because I understand the 2016. Oh, okay. Well, the national... 2015 season. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what, Bob? I got, an, I got an argument about this with my father the other day. He was like, we, I'm a, from St. Louis Rams fan. And he's like, yeah, we won the 99 Super Bowl. And I was like, well, technically the Super Bowl was in 2000. Then. Yes. Yes. And then he he actually argued enough to where I was like, you know what, screw it. No, you're correct. We won the 99 Super Bowl. It definitely wasn't the Broncos, even though they definitely won the Super Bowl in the year of 1999. I, I'll all say is it's really nice for you guys that uh, you didn't have to play the team that was clearly one yard better than uh, the Tennessee Titans. That's what I'll say. The Buffalo Bills. You're right, because because the winner of that wild card game would have obviously definitely gone on to just run <laughs> through the rest of the AFC. You're you're absolutely correct. And I'm glad it didn't happen either because we'd probably be less of friends. <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page then. Yep, no, we're absolutely on the same page. <laughs> I'm glad you guys are on the same page. <laughs> Kevin's struggling to yeah. keep up, I think, here. Sorry, Kevin. Um that's great. So what else is on your mind? I mean, do you have a prediction for Notre Dame, Ohio State? I, I think it's a, one of the more interesting matchups and for sure high profile uh, in the non, yeah, you know, non-football playoff. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's obviously not a playoff game in the sense that it is for a national championship, but it is full of NFL talent. It's full of 
you know, first round high pick NFL talent. Um, there's a couple good storylines there. We have a couple coaches that used to coach under Brian Kelly that moved over to Ohio State. Um, Urban Meyer got, um, you know, his big break before Bowling Green. He was the receivers coach at Notre Dame. And there's actually like a, I'm pretty sure it's true, but I'll call it a rumor that he interviewed for the head coaching job before he left Notre Dame. And he said, you know, guys, I'd love to coach at Notre Dame. Um, I, you know, I'm going to need a little bit of relaxation on the admission standards. Notre Dame being the stuck up douchebags that they are said, get the hell out of here. That's not happening. And he said, okay, fine. And then the rest is history. And Urban Meyer went on to win national championships and, you know, we went on to lose to schools like South Florida and Tulsa and, you know, UConn and triple overtime and stuff like that. So, And yet here you, know. you are winning again with the same academic standards. And, uh, and I have to believe that you're happy about that or would you have rather sacrifice and, and lift trophies? Uh, I don't, don't, don't ask me that question. I don't, I don't know the answer. To be honest. Okay. But um You are brutally honest. That's uh, one thing I will tell you. I am, I am impressed about I go, that. I go back and forth on whether on what I'd want, you know, which one I hold in higher accord. But uh with the Notre Dame Ohio State, you know, it's got a lot of talent. There's a little bit of Brian Kelly versus Urban Meyer in the sense of at least, you know, which coach Notre Dame fans would rather have. So I think BK has got a little chip on his shoulder there. You know, he'll never say it out loud or maybe even to his team behind closed doors, but he, he definitely wants this one a little more than just winning the Fiesta Bowl for Notre Dame. He wants to beat Urban Meyer specifically. Yeah. He didn't even stick Uh, around long enough last time to beat Urban Meyer in the uh, bowl game. Did he? (laughs) That's a, that's a really good fight. Thank you. (laughs) Well, maybe maybe he just needed more um, firepower. Yes. Mint Marty, this is the Marty second Gilliard time I will make Tony this. Pike wasn't yep. enough. Or Tony Pike. Yeah. Oh, don't don't forget Isaiah Pete was on that team. Ah, uh, sure. Please, please don't forget. Nope. Never. Hashtag never uh, forget, man. Future St. Louis Ram. Oh, amen. Well, former St. Louis Ram. Well, yeah, you know, but I'm saying at the time. We're talking two months from now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, like very secretly, that 09 Cincinnati team holds a special place in my heart. But <laughs> why is that? Started. Why is that? I don't know. I just really enjoyed them. <laughs> they were like a. It was like the land of misfit toys that decided to go on and just win a bunch of football games. It was incredible. Yep. You remember that that season finale? I'm sure against Pittsburgh at Heinz Field. I don't know that I specifically remember it. I mean, they won. It was a 45-44 I mean, <laughs> victory. They got the last touchdown I think, oh my in the goodness. last couple minutes. Yes, Pittsburgh put all they could into that. That was actually when Wonset was coaching That's right. half half well. Yep, yep. No, now I remember. Yes. Um, yeah, so I'll get to the score prediction. Um, I, er, I guess a prediction about how the game's going to go. I don't know that I have a score. I will say... Ohio State's better than Notre Dame. Um, they should beat us if they want to beat us. Um, there's a bunch of caveats to that um, in the sense that we are probably the best football team they've played this year. I don't think that Michigan State without Connor Cook um, 
is you can say is notably better than Notre Dame. Uh, Michigan might be, you know, if they really wanted to put one on somebody. So I think that we have a little bit of an element of surprise because they just might not be used to playing an offense like we have. Now, our defense isn't any good. And if we're going to win, it's going to be either by running, you know, pulling one out of the Mike Bray Notre Dame basketball playbook and running the burn, or we just try and hold the ball for 40 minutes of the football game. And next thing you know, it's a 28-21 victory. And, you know, we had an average possession time of like eight minutes to drive or something stupid like that. <laughs> uh, but if we get in a shootout, I, I don't think – you know, I think that their defense gets one more stop or one more tips ball for an interception or, you know, you name it. If we get in a shootout with them, we'll both put up a lot of points, but we won't win. All right. Fair enough. I like, I like the thoughts. I like the prediction. Well thought out, my man. Yeah. Um, something, I don't know if you guys have been talking about this, but something that kind of struck me today, and I don't know how it just took me this long to notice it was, the timing of all of the like uh, TV timing of all these games. I think it's rather odd. Um, I can't remember Fiesta Bowl ever kicking off at one, and maybe yes. I just don't watch the Fiesta Bowl enough. But you nope. know, they set the times of these bowl games before they announce the teams in it. And while that probably works for all the TV stuff, like I, you can't tell me anybody out of outside of the Grove or. Stillwater that thinks that that Sugar Bowl game is better than the Notre Dame Ohio State game. Interesting. And if they're being honest with themselves, they can't they can't say that either. And it just you know it, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm just gonna wake up super hungover and turn on my television. But um, I think that in terms of you know if they really wanted to mark the games in order of entertainment value and all that jazz, they they should have reevaluated it because. Notre Dame, Ohio State is kicking off at one Eastern, and it's going directly up against Michigan, Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. I just. It's a whole that whole thing. I find really interesting. I hear you. You're right. That's early. I mean, what it used to be, and and you're seeing things change as a result of the new college football playoff structure. But yes, you used to have essentially the the Rose Bowl uh, starting at about four thirty, and going into sunset mm-hmm. essentially, and finishing in the dark, and then. Yep. You had, uh, and then you had the the other games. So like the Sugar Bowl was that night. The Fiesta Bowl, I believe, was also that night, right? And usually earlier yeah, in the day, I, I you believe, would have, I believe they played the same. Yeah. And then usually earlier in that day, you would have like the Capital One Bowl. So the one o'clock slot yeah, like, on yeah. New Year's Day would be the the best non-major bowl, if you will, non-four or five bowl. And yeah. the Cotton Bowl may also have been during the day, I believe. Yeah, Cotton Bowl is definitely during the day. Um, The other thing is that they have a playoff game. Like, essentially one of, you know, if the college football, you know, if ESPN and college football were betting people, they would bet that, you know, the playoffs in the final are going to be the three highest rated games. Mm -hmm. And one of them kicks kicks off during working hours um, for even the East Coast on a work day. Right. I get to this the 31st, and almost everybody takes it off anyway, but that doesn't change the fact that it's a Thursday and a working day for, you know, it's not a national holiday or a weekend. Right. And I find that kind of interesting. And then the second one is dueling with 
all the New Year's Eve crap, if I can put it so bluntly. Yeah, you know, I don't think that that's, you know, if you really wanted to get into it, somebody probably looked at that and said, we don't have a whole lot of crossover between people who really, really want to watch the ball drop and people who really, really want to watch college football. I'd say that, that there's not a whole lot of overlap in that Venn diagram. I could be wrong. Well, unless it was the Philadelphia think. Eagles playing, in which case you could watch the ball drop and, and still be watching the football game. So no, 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 no. Well. Bob, that's watching that's, – that's called watching Will Fuller in the second quarter. There you go. <laughs> all, all the balls are dropping but, then. That's good. Doesn't yep. matter what channel you're on. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that you guys were going to be talking about Chip. Were there any hot takes? Uh, the hot take for me, I guess, is that I, I think the move that he is maybe most criticized for that I don't think is fair is the fact that they did not re-sign Jeremy Macklin. And I think what it comes down to is the receiving core was so bad and people were so fed up. I mean, they lost McCoy. Uh, there were just these other moves that, that didn't make sense, and then there were the players that came back and said either the sentiments about Chip Kelly's attitudes toward black players or just his attitudes in general. So there was a general distaste there. Then Kansas City outbids Philadelphia for Jeremy Macklin, and the receiving core is as bad as it is. The reason, though, that I don't feel that that should be nearly as criticized as it is is at the end of the day, that happens all the time. Guys, bet they yep. put an offer out there and another team outbids them for an unrestricted free agent. That's not really Chip Kelly's fault necessarily, I don't think. But trading LaShawn McCoy, maybe the most talented running back in the game, for Kiko Alonso, an injury-prone linebacker with one full year of experience that also happened to go to He's his school, I, I believe that's, that's a bad trade, and that's something that does need to be criticized. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and, you know, I'm going to make a little cross-baseball reference here, but at least J-Mac didn't come out and publicly say, yeah, the Eagles offered me more money, but I don't like their core. It's aging. You know, I'd rather go you know, sit at freaking 1060 West Addison on the north side and never win another meaningful baseball game till the day I die. But, you know, you know, that's a – Paraphrasing, but at least he didn't say something like that. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So you saw the Scott Casimir signing today, too. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. For the listeners well played, out well there, played. of course, my man Dalton talking about Jason Hayward getting signed by the Chicago Cubs for, yes, less money and still a boatload of cash, but less money than what the Cardinals offer. That's, That's okay. Shame. I remember the first time I wore a shooting sleeve playing baseball. So it's fine. <laughs> Um, that's good, man. So one, one thing that I'll say, and then I can hang up is my hot take on the chip Kelly thing is look out. If a blue blood program doesn't look to sign him as an O coordinator. Wow. And I, I gotta be, so I gotta be thinking I've, you know, and this what, is me playing why in he a doing? sandbox, right? Okay. Um, I mean, so the, the reasons he wouldn't do it are he's getting paid more to not work. Uh, maybe he cares about his stature, but there's a couple of places where he could pull a must champ of sorts. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, if you're a blue blood and you have the money to pay coordinators, whatever the hell you want, let's say you're Alabama. Saban is getting old. He is on his way out. Eventually nobody's people are indifferent on Kiffin to say the least. Wow. Um, if you're Alabama, 
I'd make that switch in a heartbeat, right? Maybe. I don't you know. Say, Listen, Chip, I like Kiffin, but. I would. Oh, God. Don't say things like that. I thought we were friends. <laughs> this is a guy that wanted more power in an NFL organization. Why do you think he's going to take a step down, uh, be the offensive coordinator in a college program? If he, Because he won't have nearly the power he just had in Philadelphia. That's a good point, but if I was as good at coaching offense and coming up with schemes as Chip Kelly was, like I just enjoy beating people. And maybe that's not at the top of his priority list. But if you're looking at not doing anything versus just going and being a boss, um, I think that's like a pretty easy decision. But that's a really good point about the power, which I wasn't really thinking about. It's something we'll, um, we'll, we'll... also. Go ahead. The the power I was just gonna say the the power you know you're foregoing a couple of years of not having power to therefore be you know the head dude if you did it at Alabama or if you could get Charlie Strong to sign on on it at Texas which you probably couldn't but I think it'd be a good idea um, there's there's a couple of schools out there I got you. it would be scary to think about him going hmm. there it's interesting that I mean I wonder if. Because I know Southern Cal was uh, there was originally people that reached out on Chip Kelly's yep. behalf. Now mm-hmm. the fact that they did make Clay Helton the head coach, I, I think it would be a PR disaster to go back at now that Chip Kelly is available to go back and and hire him. But you just wonder uh, if if they had had an inkling that this might happen, or maybe they did and still decided against it. But if they had an inkling before, if they would have held off on putting the permanent tag if you will on clay helton yeah i mean maybe chip kelly didn't think it was going to happen or at least you know right now and he was like if you guys need to make a decision a month before i'm even going to know you know do whatever's best for you right. i would not be surprised if there are grad assistants or just volunteer students at the university of southern california that um are frantically fact-checking every single word in clay helton's resume to try and find a loophole <laughs> but um otherwise yeah i mean he would have been a scary fit at southern cal yeah. and i'm kind of glad he's not there unbelievable we'll keep our eyes on that we appreciate the thoughts and any final thoughts before we let you go here um no no not really uh i'll say we get a bama oklahoma final and Bama wins, I don't know, 14, give or take. Points? 16. Spread? Yes. Wow. Yes. Impressive. I mean, that's not the spread that I'd ever give on the game. but Right, right. Uh, okay. And I think that we might see a Nick Saban retirement. And then maybe doesn't maybe Chip Kelly doesn't have to be coordinator wow. for a little bit. Maybe he just rolls right on in. Wow. Send your hot takes on the show here. Dalton Polvok, wow. Yeah, I'm I'm dropping them. You know, I've just been sipping whiskey ever since I started calling you. So the longer <laughs> I stay on, the hottest takes you're going to get. All right, well, then we'll let you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Let's go, Buck, guys. And Kevin. Oh, man. Whoa, hey, whoa. That's a little <laughs> rough, Kev. I thought we were having a nice conversation <laughs> here. I I'm, I'm going to hang up in shock, and uh, you guys have a good rest of your show, and a happy new year. And I do have to ask you just one more thing. I, I do need to know if Rusty's oh, still great. in the Navy. <laughs> All right, brother. I'll let you go. Okay, <laughs> bye, Bob. See ya. There you go. That's Dalton Kahn out of St. Louis. It's good to hear from him. Kevin, that was your first Dalton experience, wasn't it? 
He's one of our favorite callers here. Bob yeah, my first Sports. experience there. He's, uh, like you said, uh, brutally honest. Like you said, he's going to wake up the day this game's hungover and, uh, <laughs> and just turn him on and watch him. Honest Dave. Honest Dave, I'll tell you. So great stuff from Dalton there. Uh, we'll take a very quick break. We'll come back and wrap things up. Appreciate everyone that hung with us here tonight. And we'll be right back on the other side. This is Bob Long Sports. Looking for a new set of wheels this holiday season? Ring in the new year with a vehicle from Dunphy Ford in the Northeast. Dunphy Ford has all the latest Ford models, trucks, SUVs, and sedans. Owned by a LaSalle graduate and a proud sponsor of Explorers Basketball, Dunphy Ford should be your first stop this holiday season to buy or lease a new car. The dealership has been servicing the Bucks, Montgomery, and surrounding areas in Philadelphia for the last 35 years. Visit them at 7700 Franklin Avenue in the Northeast or at DunphyFord.com. Elmark Signs and Graphics, your choice for custom signs and design, has been servicing the Philadelphia area for over 30 years. From illuminated signs to vehicle wraps, Elmark Signs is your choice for all your custom signs needs. Elmark delivers high-quality signs with a courteous, helpful, and experienced staff. Visit them at lmarksigns.com or give them a call at 610-692-0525. Again, that's lmarksigns.com, 610-692-0525. Go check out their website for some great examples of signs that Elmark has created and be sure to tell them that Bob Long Sports sent you. lmarksigns.com, your choice for custom signs and design. Bob Long from Bob Long Sports here, and I want to tell you about the good folks over at City Year Philadelphia. Every day, the dedicated young adults at City Year make an impact in high-need schools in Philadelphia and in 26 other cities across the country by serving students who need extra help to stay on track to graduate. If you are ages 17 to 24 and are interested in serving as a tutor, role model, or mentor, check out the inspiring stories at hashtag MakeBetterHappen. City Year is currently accepting applicants for the next school year. This is Bob Long here, and you certainly know me from BLS, doing LaSalle College High School broadcasts, our weekly radio shows, and everything in between. However, during the 9 to 5, I am a commercial banker in the greater Philadelphia area. If your business is looking for financing or any other type of assistance, you can reach me at 215-328-2578. That's 215-328. 328-2578. I've had experience in the energy industry, healthcare, public finance, as well as in manufacturing and leasing. Bob Long, a commercial banker in the greater Philadelphia market, helping your businesses grow. Soccer is the fastest growing sport in America. It's about time the most popular game in the world, the beautiful game of soccer, comes to Philly Airwaves. Boozella, the World Soccer Show, presented by the Iron Abbey, is a live interactive talk show dealing entirely with professional soccer. The show exists only to serve the love of the culture, pageantry, and tactical aspect of the beautiful game of soccer. Join Boozella every Sunday from 3 to 5 on 610 Sports. 
Hey, Bob Long Sports fans, how can you stay involved with the site anytime? A reminder to follow us on Twitter, at Bob Long Sports. You can also access our Facebook group. Just search Bob Long Sports and it'll come right up. And then, if you have a smartphone, you can listen to any of our live programming by visiting the Ustream app, that's U-S-T-R-E-A-M, searching Bob Long Sports, all one word, and you can access any live programming on the Bob Long Sports Network. So be sure to stay connected to Bob Long Sports. Welcome back to the Bob Long Sports Radio Show Weekly, right here on BLS. You can follow us on Twitter, at Bob Long Sports. Join our Facebook group as well. It's Bob Long, Kevin McLaren alongside. And we'll get back to college football here and uh, talk a bit more about the big games, big college football bowl games that come up. And we went through our predictions. Kevin has Oklahoma over Alabama in the national championship. I have Alabama over Oklahoma. We had a lone pick for Clemson out of Wade earlier in the show. Dalton had Alabama over Oklahoma as well. A lot of similarities there, but some other great games to talk about as we get into the January 1st and January 2nd bowl games. Kevin, take us away. We'll give some hot takes, maybe not Dalton Polval hot takes, but as hot takes as we can give in predictions. Yeah, no saving, leaving, or retiring yes. predictions, but tomorrow... the. Besides the two semifinals, we got the Chick-fil-A Bowl, Peach Bowl, of course, between Houston and Florida State. Who you got? I have Houston in that game. Houston? All right. I'll say Dalvin Cook runs for 200 yards and Florida State wins. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. This Florida State team is not as overrated as they were last year, clearly, because the record isn't as good. But I don't believe that this team has seen a lot of quality teams in the ACC. I think the ACC had a serious down year. You just look at the the other side of that division, not the Florida State-Clemson division, but North Carolina and Pittsburgh were the two best teams. Good on Pittsburgh to have a nice year, but the loss to Navy did not look particularly good, and the loss last night for North Carolina to Baylor looked really bad. Duke got a win in their bowl game, right? Did they? I believe so. I forget who they played. I can't even remember. But uh, those are the only three games on tomorrow, that and the, the two semis. Okay, so, so we disagree on the one then. Yep, disagree. Florida State, come on. Houston, Cougars. Cougars. Yeah, all right, let's move to the first. You got We got Northwestern and Tennessee. Uh, I'm going with Tennessee. I, I think. Going with uh, Tennessee, big. Big? Big. How big? 10 points, 10 to 14 points. That's not big. I thought you were going to say like 20, 25. Okay, well, I, I don't think so, but... I think this Tennessee team is as in as good a spot as any SEC East team moving forward. And that's saying a lot, I believe, because Georgia getting a new coach, Florida with McIlwain, like a well-oiled machine right now. Now they don't have the quarterback situation figured out quite yet. But this Tennessee team, Butch Jones, is my guy. He's a great coach, and I believe he's putting this program in a really good direction. The fans down there at Nayland Stadium in Knoxville are just waiting for a winner, and I think they have one in a couple of years. And this is a team you remember at the beginning of the year that should have, or not should have, but had a very good chance to beat Oklahoma and Florida. That's right. And that blew those two games. Had a chance to win the SEC East this year. Yeah. And, and came up just short. Yeah, I mean, if they could have won that Florida game, yep. right there. They would have been right there. Uh, so we both got Tennessee in that game. 
Uh, Citrus Bowl, Michigan, Florida. I think I think Florida's defense is just or their offense is just not enough. I think Michigan wins this game, even though that defense is very good. Yeah, I struggle with this one because I have been impressed with this Michigan team, and I think they've grown a lot. The loss of Greer was clearly a big deal for Florida. They did get their way to the SEC championship. I think it was very luckily so. A 9-7 win over Vanderbilt just eats me in my mind, as well as the fact that they should have lost probably by double digits to to Tennessee like we were talking about. I like Michigan, though. Uh, In this game, not probably as much as you. I could easily see this going either way. Michigan close. Well, let's not forget that overtime victory for Florida against, what, Florida Atlantic, was it? Right, that's exactly right. Yeah, so uh, I'm going with Michigan, like you said. There wasn't a point scored in that first half, by the way. Yeah, 0-0. That's what we're talking about. That offense is just really struggling with that career there. So we both go Michigan. Uh, I expect a low-scoring game, though. Fiesta Bowl, Notre Dame, Ohio State. We we touched a little about the, a little bit about this game already, though. Yes, I like Ohio State in this game, probably by seven to nine points. We'll say. Yeah, uh, I like Ohio State. I think Notre Dame is. Uh, what's their best win this year? In Pitt and Pitt and Temple, those are their best wins. I mean, like right. obviously they played Clemson, played Notre Dame, or and Stanford. Stanford tight. Um, but we'll we'll see what they can do against Ohio State. And I just want to touch another point. Ohio State. We were talking about how close they were without Michigan State making to the finals really without that blocked punt returned for a touchdown against Michigan. Ohio State's in that Big Ten championship and possibly in the Final Four right now. Now, that's true. And if we're talking about ifs, you can talk about a lot of ifs. If they had called that Nebraska wide receiver out of bounds, then you also would have one last loss for Michigan State as well. So lots of ifs, but you're right. Shows how close things were in college football this year. One final point for me in Ohio State, I think this Ohio State team, driven by the fact that Urban Meyer traditionally has got his players up to play in these games, maybe the one exception was the 2009 SEC championship game. But I think you're also... You're also misguided if you're not giving a lot of credit to the way Alabama prepared for that game under Nick Saban. So I think this Urban Meyer coach team will get it together. I believe that what you saw, sort of the dissension in the locker room after the Michigan State game, most of that will have subsided. Most people know where they're going. They know they're going to the NFL draft or not. One last time in Ohio State pads, I think they come out and put a th- uh, somewhat of a thumping. Yep. Uh, then those are the, the noon slash one o'clock games. The five o'clock game is the Rose Bowl, Stanford, Iowa. I'm going Stanford. I like Stanford, too. It's a shame, though, because I think this Iowa team should be getting more respect than it does. And, and two losses at the end of the season, people will start to write the season off. And they should not, because it was a heroic performance they put together against Michigan State. That team... Could have beaten Michigan State easily. Could beat most of the teams that we're naming off right now. But two losses in the last two games and without a real quality win earlier in the season, it's going to be too easy for people to write them off, and I beg them not to because this is a wonderful season for Iowa. And I think there's a good chance they're back. And I'm not saying Stanford's definitely going to win this game. I think it's going to be a close game, and Iowa yep. definitely has a chance of winning. So uh, hopefully, I mean, big, it would be a big win for the Big Ten, so hopefully they can get that. Yep, yep, no doubt about it. We've already had a couple losses that we're putting on the books. I picked Georgia. I think you're. I don't. I don't know if you picked them either. Yeah, I'm picking Georgia. So we have Penn State losing both of us, Michigan State losing both of us, and then we have Ohio State beating Notre Dame. But if they were to lose that game, and then you say an Iowa loss to Stanford, 
Yikes. You could have an otherwise great year for the Big Ten falling by the wayside in a bunch of close games. Michigan-Florida, too. Another possibility. Right. Loss for them. Uh, We'll move to the last game on New Year's. And, oh, by the way, I'm sorry. We both picked Tennessee over Northwestern, too. Yes, that's correct. Uh, Last game on New Year's Day, Oklahoma State versus Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, this one's really tough for me, Kev. Um, I, I do like Kelly to an extent. At Ole Miss, he makes a few too many mistakes, but I think he can do enough to get that team to win. It's really going to come down to the front seven um, of this Ole Miss defense and whether Oklahoma State's able to move the ball. And can the secondary, uh, I guess, mimic the work done by that front seven? I think they're going to be able to do it. I pick Ole Miss in this game. Um, they They really did not show up last year, which was disappointing to me. I think they're going to take that personally this year in the bowl game and play a lot better. And I'm picking Ole Miss, and like we were talking about the the big what ifs, if uh, that miracle pitch back against Ole Miss what for Arkansas, and right? That went uh, eventually went to overtime and was a win for Arkansas, or did yes. they go for two? I forget. They may have went for two after that touchdown. That's correct. They went for two. That's and, exactly right. And then they won. If that never happened, Ole Miss would have been an SEC championship game over Alabama, I believe. So I don't know if that's necessarily true. I thought that was their third loss. The the one loss was to Memphis. So, that so was they had only had two losses in the SEC, though? Yes, correct. So, at, with a win over Alabama. Right, no, right, right. I'm with you. I'm not 100% that's correct. But uh, are they a three-loss team on your on your phone there? Do they have records? They did not, but uh, I can check it right now. Okay. So, But, I mean, they are ranked, what, 12th? So I can't imagine them having four sure. losses. Sure, sure. But we'll check. Real I don't quick. know why. I, I really thought they had three, but nine and three, Ole Miss. Wow. So are they are, they're ranked 16 though. Ole Miss is the or Oklahoma State is 10 and two at number 13. Wow. Wow. Okay. That I I thought they had three losses in conference. That changes everything. Unbelievable. Yeah. They, the one loss was to Memphis, and that was right. out of conference. I I certainly remember that. I thought they had four losses and. Because it was a 13-point loss, 37-24 to 24 to Memphis mm-hmm. early. And you uh, kind of had questions about this Ole Miss team. Then Memphis kind of proved that they were a pretty good team themselves. Yep. So, yeah, a b- another big what-if right there. Yes. But uh, we both went Ole Miss in that. Yes, Ole Miss. Is that the last game? That was the last game on New Year's Day, yep. Okay. Wow. So there's your pick em. Uh, sorry, we don't have any headgear for for the listeners. It wouldn't really go over well no, on no, radio. Yeah, we do. They just can't see us. Ah, so okay. we do. We do have the headgear. Yeah, on. we'll take some pictures or something. Put it on the website, maybe. All right, man. Well, this has been fun. We appreciate everyone hanging with us here tonight. This has been our college football blowout here, going into the day before New Year's, New Year's Eve. Oklahoma and Clemson, the first one at four. Michigan State and Bama, the second one at eight. May take us into 2016. You never know. A little bit of overtime gets us there. I think last year it went till one o'clock. So yeah, and just not they... just not on New Year's Eve. Yeah, exactly. So it could, certainly could be, and some other great games like we talked about and went through gave our predictions on. Want to thank Wade for giving us a call and and of course our guy Dalton. It was great to hear from him, the brutally honest caller out of St. Louis. And uh, you hear that in his voice when he talks about Jason Hayward. Good to have everybody on. Kevin, great to have you back from Colorado, my man. Yep, thanks, Bob. It was fun. All right, we'll take a very long break, and we'll come back next time we'll be on here on Bob Long Sports. will be Monday, 
January the 4th. It'll be LaSalle College High School Basketball at Father Judge, the second Philadelphia Catholic League game. LaSalle at 8-1 and in the season will come in looking to go 2-0 and here in the Philadelphia Catholic League. For my color commentator called co-host Kevin McLernan, who's heading back to Colorado, we'll bid him adieu here from Bob Long Sports, but you'll hear more from him on the phone without a doubt. And on with Bill Golden in the Pick and Roll podcast as well. So lots more to hear from Kevin. I'm Bob Long saying so long from Philly. We'll see you next time. This has been Bob Long Sports.